0: Hi, and welcome to the Beloved Bride Podcast. This is Misty House, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. This is a podcast for helping women discover their royal identity in Christ and grow in relationship and intimacy with our bridegroom, King Jesus. Well, today's message is titled, There's Another in the Fire. And this message is pretty uh, special to me. I It's been a crazy last few days. I live here in Texas and our family has we my husband and I we have property in New Mexico. And if you're aware uh, there has been a massive forest fire raging over this last weekend and it's still it's still blazing. And but we have property there right in in the midst of where this this fire is, the Hermits Peak fire, the Calf County fire. Well, we have property at Pandorey New Mexico. And it is such a special place to us. It's a place that God gifted us um, after we had experienced trauma. Specifically, I, I had gone through trauma in my life and had dealt with loss. And this was just a place, a retreat for us, a place to rest and relax and recover and heal from A very difficult time and it was just a place for us to enjoy our family and we have so many memories there and so this the last few days have been very emotional because we did not know if our property was under fire or if it was spared. And so your mind races to all these different thoughts. It's just been this roller coaster ride of bad reports, good reports. Is it gone? Is it there? And and you just you start thinking about all the memories, all the the valuables, the treasures there. And this is a place where my husband has held men's retreats and people have come and received have been baptized there, and it's just a special, special place for our family. And so, to think about losing it has—it's been very hard. And we found out just last night that our place was spared, and it really is miraculous because just to the left of us, our neighbors' their place burned. All around us, our neighbors' this place burned, this place didn't, and but our place was spared and you can look at the map of the heat index and it really is like a circle around us and so i'm so grateful that god protected us and we went into this going okay god we invite you and to come in and for your angels to just surround our property and protect it we ask for a hedge of protection around our property but even if it is lost, we will trust you, we know that we're going to be okay, and we will withstand this this fire because our trust is in you, and we just surrender it to you, but the result was it was protected, and it makes no sense when you see you know the devastation this of the loss right right beside us, but ours was spared, and i can 't explain that i don't know why ours was and and but my heart is so thankful and grateful, but at the same time, it's very weary and heavy and grieving for the people, our neighbors who have lost lost so much. And so my heart goes out to them, and I pray that you would also just be praying for the people who are lost, who have lost so much or are displaced and in that place of waiting still to know because this fire is still going if, if their homes and their property is going to be lost. And so that's a hard place to be. and. But I want to bring this message today because I know many of you listening you probably have not experienced a natural threat of fire like that. Maybe you have, maybe you have your own story and so you understand that. But if you haven't faced that natural threat of fire, I guarantee you've faced it in the spiritual war in the spiritual world in the supernatural. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to share from my own story. Um, from my book, Emergence, how to experience beauty and new life in dead and dark places. And this is my personal testimony of the miraculous work God has done in me and through me. And it's, it's my testimony of how he met me in those dead and dark places, in the fires of life, the storms of life. We all And as children of God, we will go through the storms, the trials, the fires, the tribulations. How do we respond and how do we come out victorious and experience that emergence, that beauty and new life in those dead and dark places? My husband and I were just recently watching this documentary about forest fires, uh, forests, and it showed this fire. And you're watching that going, how can any beauty come out of this? How can any good come? How can any life emerge out of such devastation and destruction? But lo and behold, within just a few weeks, new life begins to emerge, and it's even more glorious than before. Beauty truly does come out of the ashes, and new flowers come forth. And what's amazing is these massive trees are unharmed. They have, God created them this way. They have this natural barrier around them. Their bark is their armor. And they are able to withstand the heat and the pressure during these fires. And they are unharmed. They live through it. And it's just a beautiful picture to me. And I saw this. We were we um, received pictures of the fire in our property. And the trees are still standing, the massive pine trees. Yes, they are singed on the outside. You can see where they're black, but they're green at the top. They are still alive and they withstood that intense heat and that pressure and that fire. And to me, this is a picture of all of us as believers for those who are deeply rooted in Christ. We are alive in Christ and nothing that we experience in this world, the fires, the storms can uproot us, can destroy us because we are alive in Christ and we will come out victorious. We will rise above and continue to grow and mature and bear new fruit in new seasons and provide shade and a place of refuge For those around us to come and eat and enjoy and sit under the shade of our tree, we can bless others and be blessed even as we go through these trials and tribulations and fires of life. We can emerge victoriously because. We are not alone. There is another in the fire, and we are protected by the armor of God because he lives in us and through us. And so I want to share this portion of my story because I'm talking specifically about the fires of life and two different types of fires and what these fires can do for us. Uh, before I read this chapter, I want to read this little portion, also in my book, that talks about specifically our little cottage in the woods in New Mexico, because that's what it was to me. I've always referred to this as like my Snow White's cottage, because as I was going through my own battles and um, experienced my own storm in the deep forest (laughs) of my life, um, the trauma in that place, just like Snow White, God led me... And our family to this precious cottage where I was able to recover and rest. So I just want to read this little portion from that. The enemy seeks to still and still our beating hearts. When we come to God broken and willingly offer our hearts up to him, he adjusts them to beat to the sound of his own drum and to dance joyfully to the tune of his own song. We begin to take on his gentle and humble nature as we find rest in His identity for us. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our dear Snow White found much-needed rest, relaxation, and recovery in the cottage after her traumatizing event in the dark forest. She found joyful company, singing and serving in the presence of seven little dwarfs amongst a warm hearth in the woods. To the beat of the silly song, Snow White and the dwarfs danced up quite a jig together in the friendly cottage. I did the same after my own traumatizing bout with fear. Soon after, the Lord gifted our family with our own cottage in the woods. A friend of ours sold us a plot of land in the mountains of New Mexico at an incredible price. The timing could not have been better. This quiet and quaint lodge nestled in the trees offered us a place to rest, relax, and recover after our family had experienced so much. It was in the deep forest where our family began to sing a silly song and dance again with delight around a warm campfire beneath the stars. The great physician healed us all. So, whew, getting a little emotional reading that because um, it's just, it's special to me. And I'm just so grateful that it's still standing. But so here's what I want to read. Um, from emergence. This is chapter 12, and it's a short chapter, but I wanted to read the whole part because I really think that God can speak to you, whether you're going through a storm or your own spiritual fire right now. Believe that there is purpose in this, and you can come out polished for purpose. This is chapter 12, the heading, Polished for Purpose. The year 2015 was said to be a year that God's people would demonstrate their faith and receive grace. The storm brought out a demonstration of faith that I wasn't always proud of. However, it created an opportunity for me to receive God's grace like never before. It exposed my areas of weakness, revealing where I required extra doses of grace in order to build strength. The 2015 prophetic word said that God would send a fire down from heaven that would activate our faith and unlock our identity. The enemy uses storms and seasons of hardship as opportunity to ravage and ruin us. But God uses storms and hardship as opportunity to rebuild and refine us. Isaiah 43, 1-2 But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 48.10 See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Looking back to when I was suffering with vertigo. So I'm sharing my story. If you want to hear the whole story, um, I encourage you to get my book, and, and you can kind of know the, the context here. But um, anyway, I'm going to continue with this story. So when I was suffering with vertigo, WebMD states, Vertigo is the result of an inner ear problem, a problem of unwanted particles entering the ear and sending disruptive signals to the brain. In the same way, Satan had been sending tiny lies or particles into my ear, which traveled to my brain and entered into my mind and thoughts, resulting in an unpleasant sensation of instability, anxiety, worry, fear, and panic. Satan thrives on throwing us off balance balance in such a way through life's trials and tribulations. The treatment of vertigo is similar to the process of refinement. Both involve removing impurities or unwanted elements from a substance. Synonyms for refinement include purify, treat, polish, improve, fine-tune, hone, perfect, cleanse, and filter. One might say that the unpleasant spinning sensation I experienced with vertigo in the physical world was connected to the refinement process I was experiencing in the spiritual world. I just want to point out, I believe that so often it's connected. What we experience in the physical, we also experience in the spiritual. Necessary for achieving a state of purification or refinement is the process of a filtering treatment which can be unpleasant. Both created an intense sensation of feeling off-balance and unstable, of instability and discomfort as impurities are removed. The two were directly linked. In both the physical and spiritual realms, particles or lies were being strained from my ears. This treatment was taking place so that I would experience stability and purity in my thought life and mental state. Throughout this refinement process, I was forced to discover my faith and trust in God. The world around me felt as if it was spinning out of control and I had to look to God for grounding. It was a transition period as I maneuvered into multiple positions with Him. Each stage of transition was uncomfortable but necessary in order to flesh out the impurities, the lies of the enemy, and unwanted elements in my life. First Peter 1.7 says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As I moved with God, things that threatened to hold me back from my freedom, identity, and purpose were eliminated, much like the process of forging a sword. The constant heat, pressure, hammering, and grinding from the refinement process brings hidden things out into the open, transforms us into who we were created to be, and reveals what we were created for. Heat is first applied in order to make us pliable. Flexible and movable. Intense pressure is applied immediately afterward. Then God molds and shapes us into our proper form by hammering His Word into us. Lastly, we're polished and refined, revealing our true nature and purpose to be used as a strong, sharp, powerful, and shining weapon of God. Job 23.10 But He knows where I am going, and when He tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. 1 Peter 5.10 And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God allows us to suffer temporarily in order to establish us as His righteous children. He uses His time to transform our hearts, purify us, set us free from bondage, and prepare us for our purpose. It is for our good. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So, knowing that God is good and working on our behalf even in the middle of storms, trials, and fire, How do we believe this when we can't see it or feel it in the time of our suffering? The answer is simple. We must choose to believe and trust in our faith. As I began to meditate on God's word and pray and speak it over me and my circumstances, I still couldn't find peace right away. Philippians 4, 6-8 Do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things anxiety fear worry and doubt still flooded my mind and thoughts i struggled to replace them with god's word i knew what i was supposed to do and i was doing it but i wasn't receiving the relief god promised god eventually revealed to me the reason why i wasn't the reason why i wasn't choosing to believe although i was saying all of the right words and doing all of the right things something was missing the knowledge was present yet the belief was absent. The Bible works on faith and trust. My trust and my faith were weak in my moment of suffering because they had been overpowered by the spirit of fear. In order to begin receiving, I had to tip the scale and begin believing the Word in order to activate the Word. Once I began to put faith, trust, and belief at the forefront of my thoughts and focus, the truth caused the fear, anxiety, worry, and doubt to be flushed and filtered out of the other side of my mind. It took time and persistence, but eventually my faith was activated and strengthened by the fire that God sent down. The two types of fire are a controlled, refining fire and a wild, consuming fire. The controlled fire is sent from heaven. It seeks to refine and promote new life and growth. The consuming fire is sent from hell. It seeks to destroy and kill all in its path. The two fires raged war at the same time as a spiritual battle took place in my mind. The consuming fire had to be extinguished in order for the renewal of my mind to take place. Here I talk about the spiritual war in Second Corinthians 10, 1-6. Now, I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent, am bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some, who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Romans 12.2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It only takes one coal, one thought, and one spark, one unfortunate event to ignite a roaring fire. Consume your mind. That is why taking your thoughts captive is so important. It can prevent a raging wildfire. Once a consuming fire is ignited, it can be difficult or a challenge to put out. It must be extinguished with truth. The fire in my mind represented the fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety that I had allowed to take residence through one coal and one spark. It began with the storms of life, rejection, and difficult, painful circumstances that led me to question who I was and who God was in my life. Maybe I never really had a strong enough foundation to begin with, and it was time to establish one. It was time to fight fire with fire, God's refining fire against the enemy's consuming fire. When the conditions were just right for the enemy, that coal and spark finally ignited a flame that quickly spread into a roaring fire. The problem was in knowing how to put the enemy's fire out. I was in need of living water, God's word. I knew where to get it and what you should do with it, but I didn't personally know how to receive and apply it to my own circumstances. There was a roaring fire in my mind, but there was a barrier over it that was preventing the water from coming through. It was like a giant umbrella that I was holding over the flames and prevented the water from touching it. Therefore, it kept on blazing. I had gone to the source, and yet as the living water began pouring out like rain, it wasn't able to get through. The um, the barrier, the umbrella, was symbolic of not knowing enough of who God was to me intimately, not knowing who I was in Him, and not trusting and believing what He could and would do for me. This is what was preventing me from believing and trusting His promises in His Word, I was uncertain of my identity and of His. In order to put out the flames that threatened to consume me, I had to remove the umbrella so that I could receive the water. The problem was that I didn't know how. I had to learn, and Jesus had to teach and instruct me one-on-one. I had to learn it was a choice to remove the umbrella that I didn't even realize I was holding. I didn't know I wasn't allowing God in by being unwilling to truly trust and believe in the midst of pain and fear. The overwhelming heat of the fire was so intense that it nearly consumed me. Confusion set in. I was unable to think properly or process accurately. The smoke was too thick to see clearly. I had to learn to receive him and know him intimately and to learn who I was to him in order to trust and believe. Again, knowing about him is not the same as knowing him personally. In order to remove the umbrella, I had to choose to let him in and allow his living water to penetrate my mind, soul, and heart. As I began to discover more of who God was and more of who I was in him, the umbrella finally began to come down. Then the rain began to fall on the flames and put the fire out. The living water began to rise and flow in me and eventually washed away all traces of ash that was left behind. Then the calm came after the storm, peace, and the rainbow after the flood, promise. The smell after the rain was refreshing, invigorating, reviving, and uplifting. Then new life began to spring forth, blossom, and grow. The beauty and fragrance were alluring, captivating, and astonishing. I can now say, I am grateful for that one coal and that one spark that ignited a fire that required living water, that exposed an umbrella that prevented saturation, that promoted an opportunity that changed an identity, that established a relationship that propelled a promise that produced an abundance that prompted praise. Without the hand of my enemy, I would never have been delivered into the hands of my Father. Once the barrier of unbelief that stood between God's truth was removed, I was able to receive the living water. The renewal of my mind began to take place. My identity began to be established, and I began to encounter God in a new way, I was being transformed. The old was being washed away, and the new was beginning. God is so good. He is so faithful when we are willing to put our trust and faith in Him. He will show up in a mighty way on our behalf. When we encounter God's Word, we encounter Jesus. We encounter love, and it is His perfect love that casts out fear. 1 John 4.18 there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This is to love to be loved, 1 John 4:17, the message version. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house. Because at home and mature in us, so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. I love that. I'm just going to pause right there for a second, because I'm just thinking again about that tree that's rooted in God's love. When we are rooted in God's love, we don't have to fear the fires of this world, the storms of life. We can trust and know that our true sanctuary, our true home and permanent residence is with Christ. We are seated in high places for all eternity. And so nothing of this world, whether we lose property or lose possessions or lose the treasures of this world, we know that the true prize and our true place of permanent residence and home is in Christ Jesus. So we can know that just like those trees that withstood and are alive, we are alive in Christ and we will be with him forever because we are loved by him. I love it. So I'm going to pick up in the story, The Fire. In the Bible, Shadrach's, Meshach's, and Abednego's faith were tested when they were thrown into the fiery furnace for not bowing down and worshiping other gods. No doubt, I'm sure they were afraid. Regardless, they chose to trust God in the midst of fear despite their circumstances. They refused to submit to the enemy. They chose to stand their ground and believe that God was with them in this trial. Nevertheless, they were bound as prisoners and thrown into the fire. But they weren't harmed. God showed up on their behalf and protected them from the flames. They were not incinerated. They were liberated. Jesus did the same for me. And as I'm reading that, you know, I'm talking about years ago that Jesus did this for me. And then I'm just thinking literally like Jesus just did this for us, for our family and for our property. He protected that place. And it's just amazing. He does it again and again for those who love him and stand in faith and belief, trusting him to be our refuge and strength in times of trouble. When tested by fire, it is easy to feel as if you're being consumed by the heat and flames. However, if you put your trust in God, the temperature and the pressure of the furnace will drop. If you choose to stand your ground despite your feelings and circumstances, You will be protected and come out unharmed and unbound. This is God's promise to us. Trust in Him and He will deliver you from all of your fears. He will perfect His love in you. Sometimes our faith and trust muscles grow weak due to non-use. Sometimes it's necessary to work them out in order to build them up. This is the process of how strength and power is developed. It isn't fun, it isn't easy, and you may feel as if you might die, but it won't kill you, it will build you. Therefore, again, I urge you to submit to God during the process. Trust Him in the midst of pain and fear. Believe that God is with you and for you, and know that God loves you no matter what. You'll come out unharmed, unbound, unincinerated, liberated, and covered with the presence of God saved in fiery trial. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that the heat that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated, as he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men, loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own God. That's Daniel three seventeen through 28. The fire was a place where God burned away my barrier that prevented me from believing him to be who he says he is, knowing who he truly is to me and trusting who I am to him. It was a place where my faith and belief were tested and proven genuine. And my identity purified and refined. The wind taught me to hold on. The battle taught me to let go. The storm taught me to go deeper. And the fire taught me to stand firm. The opposing wind of the enemy may have come up against me to knock me over, strip my leaves, and sweep me away. But the allied wind of God came up behind me to straighten me back upright, give me new fruit, and root and establish me in perfect love. God is my rock, my fortress, my refuge, my strength, my shield, my redeemer, my deliverer, my protector, my everything. His prophetic promise to me held true. I am like a tree now rooted by his stream of living water. His unfailing love enabled me to withstand the buffeting winds, to not wither, but to flourish and mature, producing righteous fruit and shade to offer and bless others. Psalm 1, 1-6 Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. When I hear the song Jesus by Chris Tomlin, I weep because it isn't just a song to me. It's a personal reflection of my relationship with Jesus. My encounter with him was personal and real, and I will forever praise him for what he has done for me. Psalm eighteen two, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 91, 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Although the rain fell hard, the floods rushed in, and the wind blew and beat against our house. And I'm going to add, and the fire came. It did not fall. We had built our house on a solid foundation rooted deeply in God's word. It may have taken on a colossal amount of damage and was in serious need of repair, However, it stood and held its ground in the face of opposition. Likewise, I faced fear in a grueling battle, yet I refused to bow down and submit to it. I held on to my faith in God. The Lord watched over me, protected me, and nourished me as I revered him alone, resisted the devil's temptation, and sought to do his will. Eventually, fear fled as promise. God promises to watch over you too, beloved. Thank you, Jesus, for your promise to watch over the righteous as we delight and meditate upon your living word. Truly, there is no one like you, Jesus. I want to end by praying this prayer over you. This is also in my book. Lord, polish me for purpose. The winter seasons of life have dulled me. Make me shine anew. Forge me as a strong weapon and refine me in the furnace of your love. When I face tests, trials, or tribulations, stand beside me in the fire and keep me safe from harm. Help me to stand firm and never bow down or worship other gods when feeling the heat and pressure of this world. I submit to you and you alone. Remove the barrier of unbelief that prevents me from trusting you when afflicted. Thank you for liberating me and establishing me as your righteous child. You are my refuge and my strength, my ever-present help in times of trouble. I declare I believe in who you are and I trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you prayed that prayer with me, and I hope that this message spoke to you and encouraged you. No matter what Trials, tribulations, firestorms that are coming your way or that you've experienced. Know that you are not alone in the fire. God is with you. He is for you. He wants to you to take up res, refuge in Him, and He wants to protect you in times of trouble. God bless you. For more Christian encouragement, please check out my books by visiting my website, mistyhouseauthor.com. And I hope this message was a blessing to you. Remember that as a daughter of the King, you are the beloved bride of Christ and your bridegroom, King Jesus, is crazy in love with you. God bless.